2: Gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow underway from 6th and Peabody on this Wednesday edition. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network, which includes our YouTube channel. We hope you'll subscribe there, hit the like button, join us in the chat. You know the drill. And on this great radio partner of ours, we say hello to you this afternoon. A lot coming your way. Dan Dockets joins us in 20 minutes. So much to discuss from the Live and PGA merger to the NBA playoffs and more. Clay Travis will join us in hour number two. He'll weigh in with big opinions. And we also have PGA Tour professional uh, live from the Canadian Open. Scott Stallings will join us in hour three, who was in the meeting yesterday with Jay Monahan as he tried to explain why the merger of the PGA with Liv was necessary. We'll dive into all of his thoughts and opinions on how that was received in the room, which was... By heavy regard, not well. Clay, Clay's coming up. Chad, good afternoon. Called good you afternoon,
0: Hutton. That was the rare. We have Chutton all the time, confusing the two of us. Clay but and Chad. First time I've been confused for Clay. It's usually you getting confused for Clay with the beard and all.
2: Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I've signed his autograph several it's times. New. We're all we're all about new things here on I Hot sign Night. it with a big C and just a line. Yeah. Same for your name if I had to sign
0: People it. People think that Clay doesn't know how to spell his name because of <laughs> Hutton, the way he yeah. signs his autograph just with the C. Uh, you know, uh, also getting confused for, you know, just being
2: uh, a liar and uh, a fake is Jay Monahan. I don't think there's any confusion today. Uh, based, on, uh, based on reports, it was 90-10, 90% hatred for Monahan in this meeting with the PGA Tour players yesterday, uh, 10% trying to back him. Uh, Chad, as they look back on this merger 10 years from now, how do you think it's received? a decade from where we sit today.
0: And there's one thing that Jay Monahan has been correct about throughout this with his statements yesterday when he said, we're going to look back 10 years from now and be able to judge the business side of this and what needed to be done. I think he's spot on with that. And I think he made the right business move for the PGA. I think he feared the antitrust lawsuit was not going his way. He knew that they were never going to be able to outbid the Saudi oil money that was pouring into the sport. So he made the practical business decision to merge with Liv, give them a seat at the table, and Jay Monahan's right. Ten years from now, we're going to look back at that and say that was the right business move for the survival, and not just survival, but for the PGA Tour to completely thrive the way they want to thrive with the best players in the world. Great job, Jay Monahan, on the business side of it. Here's the problem, though. Your legacy will always be tarnished because of the receipts kept by everyone, if you just would have kept your mouth shut the entire time and not gone on a PR tour to say everything you possibly could bad about Saudi Arabia, about the blood money pouring into LiveTour, live tour, about how you were gonna have the moral high ground for the rest of your life if you stick with the PGA tour and don't leave for this renegade bunch of live guys who are just taking the money and running and spreading bad news about Phil Mickelson and doing everything else you did, if you would have taken the business approach, which you did one year later the entire time and been a little bit more quiet about it and let things fall where they may, your legacy, now you would have been questioned today, no doubt, all the same headlines when those guys were leaving for live would have been the same columns written about it, same questions by CNN asked of you if you did this today, but you wouldn't look like an utter hypocrite the way you do right now because you ran your mouth a lot and then in the end you, you made the business decision you made the business decision that Bryson DeChambeau made that Dustin Johnson made that Brooks Kepka made that Phil Mickelson made that others on tour made you're no different well you are different you're a hypocrite because you ran your mouth way too much in the beginning in the end the right business move was made but in the beginning you spoke too much and because of that your legacy will be that of a hypocrite and nothing else and now the business part of this, Hutton, the consolidation of all of it, the power that they now have with both sides and everyone, and the revenue they're going to be getting from that sovereign wealth fund and advertising dollars—it's a business boom for the PGA Tour, and work. that's
2: exactly why Mickelson, Kepka and others took the took the bag absolutely. And, and Monahan uh, is a worse version of Mickelson today than we were uh, in how we viewed Phil Mickelson a year ago. Um, and it's based, not, not just a hypocrite. You, you talk business moves. Jay Monahan was combating the business move of individual players on tour going to live with the patriotism card. Uh, you would think he was writing a new song for Toby Keith uh, or Alan Jackson based on what he told Jim Nance last year want ask about this, there was a story that was first reported in the New York Post yesterday by Brian Wacker about a 9-11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. 9-11 Families United sent a letter to the representatives of Phil, Dustin, Bryson, Reed and others, quote, expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the United States end quote. And that's gotten a lot of steam over the last 24 hours. That story first reported again in the New York Post. How much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if they signed on with the new
1: league? Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting, and I've, and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time. I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. As it relates to the families of 9-11, I have two families that are close to that lost loved ones and so my heart goes out to them and i would ask you know any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the pga tour
2: that was jay monahan last year and now yesterday the merger happens for the survival of the pga tour which we'll dive into later uh chad this is i mean this Fra- Saudi shill is what he's being called. I mean, it's the same thing that we heard last year with the individual players. Just keep in mind here, Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund, uh, state-owned investment fund, they have their shareholders and they have bought a considerable per- percentage of these companies. Amazon, Google, Visa, Microsoft, Disney, Nintendo, Uber, PayPal, Zoom. So while you've got the PGA Tour on the front headline... They're the target, just like individuals were last year, from the golfing world. They own soccer, practically. They own FIFA. They own Formula One. They own a majority stake in practically anything involving eSports. They have the financial backing to take over certain percentages of practically anything we're using. It's either them or China. And... I view this as the same way you do, Chad, a, a business decision where they're taking shrapnel. And if it's truly a business decision, they would have known this a year ago, that this could happen. And the way they went on the attack, throwing out the the patriotism angle of it and loyalty angle, it's way worse than anything involving shareholders from separate countries that are buying into American countries and and uh, American businesses and how we go about our daily lives using certain products. This is just a straight-up, bold-faced lie to the members of the PGA Tour from the guy running it. And by all accounts, less than, what, five people knew about it for seven weeks, which is remarkable in and of of itself. But I think he also knows, business decision-wise, they had to keep it quiet. It had to be you know, in the dark of night that they came in and and, and took over. Just made the
0: announcement that shocked the entire sports world. That's right. And and handed it off to CNBC. Allie in the YouTube chat brings up an uh, an interesting point I did not consider. She says, if I'm Jay Monahan, I tell the golfers in a meeting that I actually did them a favor by falling on the sword without asking their opinion, thereby shielding them from the public scrutiny coming with this inevitable merger. Um, The players wouldn't have bought that. Because they'd still want to say, they'd still want to, if they disagreed, they'd want to voice their disagreement before the deal went through. They've been saying the but same that's things, But that's an interesting point to make, that he could come out and say, hey, I knew this was going to be unpopular, and I wanted to make sure I was the only one blamed for it because I was the only one doing the negotiating.
2: Yeah, but everyone looks like a hypocrite now because they've been you know, repeating and, and parroting whatever Monaghan was saying last year, including some of the networks. That refused to carry the live tour, Jim
0: Nance. Sure, I mean I love Jim Nance, but Jim Nance is looks like Brandel Chamblee in a lot of ways. He wanted to take pot shots in every broadcast about the live tour, and you know we heard him there asking that question to Jay Monahan. I mean, there's a there's a lot of people that, and and I'm not I'm not blaming them. I'm not right. on them for this, but there were a lot of people that got swept up in it that just took the PGA's position and. The problem with that was conflating the PGA with uh, moral uprightness and thinking that, well, the PGA is the morally right grounds to stand on. And it's almost like they've replaced the PGA with some sort of religious figure in all of this and good versus evil and not just saying, I I don't want to take that money because I'm uncomfortable with where that money comes from or I'm uncomfortable with human rights records and all that. That's an okay stance to take if that's why you didn't do it. The problem was they then took that and made it, the PGA is good, everyone with the Live Tour is evil, instead of just saying, I personally don't want to do it, I'm more comfortable on the PGA Tour. And when that started to happen, it started with Jay Monahan, it went down to Rory McIlroy, and a lot of players on tour, and now they all look foolish because their boss with the PGA Tour, in the end, is exactly about what everyone else was about in this story. Money. He took money. He took the business way out of it. He took the way of the path of least resistance in a lawsuit yep. is what he did in the end. And now everybody looks foolish and looks like hypocrites.
2: Well, it wasn't the PGA, I think, that was Christ-like in this. It was individuals, right? Because in the PGA Tour, uh, the, the brands are individual names, right? And, and the biggest one that was the spokesman for this and for what the PGA was standing for was Roy McElroy. And... Yesterday in the players' meeting with Jay Monahan, as Monahan is is trying to and attempting to justify the merger with Live Golf, McElroy kept quiet until a player ranked 227th in the world shouted at Monahan in this meeting and said and and, and asked him to resign, saying "We don't trust you, Jay. You lie to our face." That player was Grayson Murray. And McIlroy, instead of backing the players that have backed the PGA Tour, chose for whatever reason to somehow back Jay Monahan by saying, just play better, Grayson. And in that atmosphere, Grayson shouts back, F you, Rory. <laughs> F off. Um, McElroy's in an impossible spot right here. It's a fair comeback, actually. Um I don't know how he approaches this moving forward. The one thing he can't do is side with Jay Monahan, who is not just lying to players like Grayson Murray, lied to players like Rory McIlroy, who was asked about this literally at every event that he would attend and play in. He He had no problem being the spokesman for the PGA Tour on all things integrity, loyalty, and patriotism because that was the card they played, and not taking blood money. And he has no choice now, based on what Jay Monahan did, despite what McElroy has, what he stood for over the last 12 months. He's like a lot of players. But I think it starts with him on being vocal about this entire issue. Scott Stallings is going to join us in a couple of hours. And he will be vocal about it. It's time for McElroy to do that, because he was very vocal about it a year ago. And the crap that Monahan is spinning here, which, by the way, you're going to start to hear from the networks, who are also shills for the PGA Tour. They're also going to somehow creep back off their stance of what Live is about. And they're going to start promoting the sport of golf and unity all of a sudden. The top players in the world, if they're pissed off, it's time for them to sound off instead of in a closed-door meeting with the players and Monaghan, somehow jumping in in an argument with Monaghan to go after the 227th player in the world.
0: It's got to be better than that. Coming up at 515 Eastern, we'll we'll give an opportunity for one of those players to sound off uh, with Scott Stallings, as you mentioned, and he's going to be very honest in this interview, I I feel like, so that's going to be something worth listening to. Look, Rory McIlroy still has one chance to be the martyr in this story. Retire from golf. If you really believe everything you stood for a year ago and that you, you stand for now, then never play another round of professional golf. You've made enough money, uh, and he'll be a hero to many people if he does that. He's not. I don't expect him to do that, but that would be the only way that he doesn't look like a hypocrite like Jay Monahan. And I like Roy McIlroy. I have no problems with him personally. I feel like he's a really good guy, and I don't think that he there was some evil intent with everything he was saying a year ago, but if you don't want to look like a hypocrite, that now that your boss has done that, first off, don't you know tell someone in the room to pipe down when they're asking questions, and don't look like you know a stooge for Jay Monahan in a in a in some sort of setting, but don't take the money. Go ahead and resign, retire from the PGA Tour now that Live Tour is a part of it. If you really believe everything you said a year ago, not going to happen though.
2: Yeah, the biggest pawns were the biggest names that stuck with PGA, not guys like Grayson Murray who were being vocal and asking for a resignation of Jay Monahan. Uh, meanwhile, you know, it, it, consider this. Bryson DeChambeau is going on CNN, and it was asked directly uh, about uh, 9-11 and everything that, that Saudi stands for or doesn't stand for in regards to human rights, how the families of 9-11 have issued a statement just like they did a year ago. Uh, calling the players that left Saudi Shields. They're doing that again here. And Bryson DeChambeau is answering a question a year later the same way he's answered it in previous times. I, I think we'll never be able to repay the families back for what exactly happened just over 20 years ago. And what happened is definitely horrible. I think as time has gone on, 20 years has passed, and we're in a place now where it's time to start trying to work together to make things better as a whole. That's what DeChambeau told Caitlin Collins on CNN. Uh, yesterday. But keep in mind here, and I'm tying Rory McIlroy back in, Rory McIlroy will now have to answer these same questions, despite him not knowing, allegedly not knowing, about what was going on for the last seven weeks. That is what Jay Monahan has created here. So, you know, the players that took the money, took the money, and guess what? All of a sudden, they're back with the PGA a year later. And the optics of that mean what? I mean, I'm still going to watch the sport. Live tour players were already participating in the majors. That helped out with ratings. Just ask the Masters. Ask the PGA Championship. Coming up, we've got the US Open. People will watch and tune in based on the drama of all of this. But also, I don't think the actual sport changes all that much in how we view it. And I don't think the camaraderie between the players does either. Because it really wasn't a topic in locker rooms, in clubhouses, whenever these guys would actually mingle for the first couple of times. It just wasn't. And now Jay Monahan has joined them anyway. So what difference does it make in that regard?
0: Uh, David in the YouTube chat says, Monahan is telling high profile players he will make them whole. Um, reports are Tiger Woods got offered over $700 million or around that number. No. He's not going to be made whole. He's not going to make $700 million from the PGA Tour now. Now, are they going to get kickbacks? Are they going to find ways to give them some more money? Guys like R- well, Rory McIlroy? Possibly. Well, I mean, hang on,
2: though. Make them whole with the same dollars oh, that they yeah. were against a year ago. So if they take the money, they're also as hypocritical as Jay Monahan. Uh, so I, I don't know how they, they're no, made there, whole no with way the not, same money that they refused to take last year.
0: No, there's no way they're not hypocrites. I, I'm saying for those that said, you told us, don't worry about the money. Don't take it. You're going to be you know, branded this awful person for the rest of your life if you take the money. Mm-hmm. You know, We could have had that money, and now we're all in the same group. So are you going to do something to make up for that since that was your guidance to us? I mean, they're not what I'm saying, those figures from the Saudi wealth group is so enormous, they cannot be made completely whole based on the offers yeah. they were getting and now coming back. They just lost that money. Are, are they going to find ways to pay them more? Probably the high-profile guys. Yeah, They've been doing that already, but there's no and way the to be made going completely financially whole by what they turned down to go to live in in the moment. But, and, and these TV partners also, I know we're going to talk about Brandel Chambly mm-hmm. at some point. Um, I, I'm very interested to see how quickly how quickly they either stick to their guns or fall in line and what that says about Saudi influence on the tour now because if this is truly blood money and they're out for blood then they're gonna there's gonna be some some heads will roll professionally not actually hopefully not and tying this in The question from CNN to Bryson DeChambeau, Mm -hmm. there's no good answer he can give. I don't think he gave that bad of an answer. The only answer you can give in that setting is, I'm a golfer. I don't want to talk about that. I'm not going to get into that. I think he said politics, and Caitlin Collins said, well, it's not politics. We're talking about human rights here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to talk about human rights. I'm not going to talk about this. We'll talk about the golf angle of this and what they're trying to accomplish with golf. That's all you can say without saying something that's going to sound offensive. When you're talking about 9/11, well, you mentioned uh, and victims' families. Rory's been outspoken.
2: Deshambo's answering that question. You mentioned Brandel Chambly, Golf Channel. He's been as outspoken as anyone on the media front. Here's Chambly addressing the merger yesterday on the Golf Channel. I think this is one of the saddest days in the history of professional golf. Uh, I do believe that the governing bodies, the entities, the professional entities have sacrificed their principles for profit. So I think that the, the angle from the media coverage of this will be they're going to act as though they're neutral. They've been extremely biased for the last year. Now they'll try to play it off as if, if they're neutral instead of one side or the other. Um, you know, I, I don't think Nance is going to be cracking jokes that, you know, no one saw Kepka win in Orlando uh, prior to the Masters, right? Because the the CW line that he's, he's throwing out. Um, beyond that, I don't... I think they approach these tournaments the same way for their coverage. Chambly can continue to be as outspoken as he wants to uh, in this. Um, but as far as the actual coverage goes, I, I think everyone just toes the line because that's what they did for the PGA in Monaghan a year ago.
0: Well, and what does what is, what is the new PGA Tour want in all of this? Because Brando Chamblee does work for Golf, Golf Channel, mm-hmm. which is owned by NBC, yep. which is obviously a huge partner of the PGA Tour. So are they going to flex muscle and say this guy's got to go? Or are they going to let him continue? Because he's, I mean, to his credit, he's not backed down. He's saying everything he said right. before. That was very consistent. He didn't change his tune when this merger happened. He repeated, he doubled down on everything he said. Will that be allowed as we continue, or is he about to be out of a job? That's, that's another question I have from the media side of this. I mean, we'll find out soon enough.
2: Scott Van Pelt, very vocal about this as well. You know, there are others that, that, that can be – the, the leading voice of this that have covered the sport for decades. Uh, yeah, very intriguing to see how the top names do that from the media world and from the PGA Tour. Coming up, Dan Dockett joins us, host of Don't At Me across the OutKick Network. We'll get his take on that. Plus, we'll preview game three of the NBA finals, the biggest storylines and whether or not the Heat can repeat a performance where they give up a ton of points to Jokic, but it doesn't matter in terms of who won the game. That's next on Hot Mic. with Withrow with you across the OutKick network, which includes the YouTube page. You can subscribe to our channel. Many of you have. We've just uh, just reached the million subscriber mark on YouTube. Thank you to all of our OutKick season ticket holders who have made that happen. If you know someone who hasn't subscribed, let them know. We're live. All the shows can be made available to you on demand, live, whatever it is, uh, on YouTube. Just search out OutKick.
0: The race for two million begins now. So tell your friends and they can be a part of that second million subscribers on YouTube.
2: Hit the like button and more like you do with Dan Dockich mornings. Don't at me across the network here with OutKick. He joins us each and every Wednesday. Dan, good to see you. Hope all things are well.
3: Yeah, man, I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day here. I got some of my high school boys in town starting tonight. So, uh, nice. yeah. Nice. I got a big weekend starting tonight. Yeah.
2: What would you have asked Jay Monahan in a players-only meeting if you were a part of the PGA Tour?
3: I said, what took you so long? I said, uh, I mean, obviously, when Lib started putting the money out, Everybody knew, at least I felt like, there was going to be a, a merge, and I would have said, you know, why we got to go through all this crap? Why Why didn't you just do this before they started a tour? Because money always talks, BS always walks. And his answer would have been, well, didn't have to at the time. There was no competition, but that would have been my question. Look, everybody can whine about it. Everybody can complain. Roy McElroy feels like a sacrificial lamb. You know, I have a family motto. It's called Sack Up. As an adult male, you make decisions, the best decisions you can possibly make, given the information that they have. And there's no guarantee those decisions uh, a year later are going to be the right ones. So, hey, uh, I would have wondered what took you so long. You knew this was coming. Um, good for them. It's going to grow golf. Good for them. Gambling is going to be big with the team aspect. Uh, guys want to wine. Roy McIlroy is an idiot if he thinks that there should be any cost to any of the players to come back. Uh, if I'm, it looks to me like, you know, that investment fund is, is running the whole thing. So if they're running the whole thing, they got to be loyal to the guys that left the PGA tour and go to live and say, look, we want these guys back in. We're, we're, if it is truly all for the betterment of golf, if that's truly what this is about, then everybody that went on the live tour should be welcome back and let's make golf better. It doesn't do you any good to not welcome people back if, if this is truly what these guys are spreading, the, the manure they're spreading, that this is the best thing for golf.
0: Uh, Dan, I think the biggest benefit is now all the best players in the world under one umbrella, and that is good for the sports fan, for the golf fan to all be back together and guys that left for live can go play in what tournaments they want to and continue to have no problem playing in the majors and all of those things. The team element of it, though, I I don't really know what to think about it. I, I'm a golf fan. Yeah. I don't really care one way or the other. I don't want tournaments to be messed with too much. What do you think about them trying to incorporate some sort of team ownership and golf team part with the PGA Tour now because of Liv?
3: Yeah, as you guys know, I'll have an opinion on everything, but I want it to be an informed opinion. I'm not really sure, and I got to tell you, so – I watched the live tour one afternoon just to see, and they they, they showed this team stuff, and, and I didn't get it. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I I maybe you know our brain focuses on team when it's basketball, hockey, baseball, football, that kind, of, and we think individual track and field, tennis, and golf. But uh, guys, I I don't either. I'm with you, like. You know, Ryan Burr told me today on the show, he works for the Golf Channel, uh, NBC. He's worked for everybody. He's been in meetings at ESPN now, and he's like, yeah, it'll be great for people to want to gamble. And he tried to explain it, and I, I just don't get it. I I, I don't. Um, I, I wish I had a better answer, you know? And I've kind of, I've researched it a little bit. I, I just don't get it. Is it best ball? Is it best two ball? I, you know, I, I don't know.
2: Dan Dokic with us uh, here on Hot Mike with Hutton & So, Dan, he, my, my question would be, okay, and I, I agree with you. If they're going to go ahead and merge, do it, what took so long. It didn't take long at all. It took 12 months. And yeah. where I sit would be, well, it didn't take long. And if you knew that you were this financially strapped, knowing what the Saudis and the, the backing of that fund meant, why didn't you have them invest last year instead of creating this, this rivalry where you had players back and, and parrot what Monaghan was saying and what Rory was saying. And, and, and they all look foolish. And now when they take a check, they're also being hypocritical without their choosing because they're taking the money that's been invested through that fund. It, it, th- that would be yeah. my biggest issue with him is we, we towed the company line just like these networks are currently doing. And, and just like the players, some of them will try to do. And they look like idiots. Not, not based on any vote that they had, just based on the email they received.
3: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I wouldn't have asked that question because there really is no answer. You know, he did say, look, I know I, am, I looked hypocritical. Uh, talking about Monahan. I, I, I there's no mm. answer to that because you can't undo what you did. But I'll tell you this. In the world that we live in, I think we've learned it's not what you do, it's what you say that matters, apparently. So uh, I think they ought to just say, hey, look, this is what happened. We're moving forward. I mean, I see a president that lies every stinking time. I see a media that writes whatever the hell they want to write about whomever they want to write. We saw it with Sam Ponder. Uh, So, I mean, live. hey, yeah, you're right, we're hypocrites. But guess what? We're going to continue to do this. Look, I'm not saying if I were a player I wouldn't be pissed. I would be. I'd be hot. I'd be like, hey, look, you idiots – we listen to you, and now we're back at square one. How about Tiger Woods gives up eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars? It went when somebody told me this today. Um, who was it? God dang it! After it's a golf writer. He said, "Look, if Tiger people ask, well, is this money up front? You know, I, I don't know whether everybody's is, but this guy said if Tiger Woods wanted eight hundred, nine hundred thousand up front, they were going to give him eight hundred, nine hundred thousand up front. Yeah, right? million, million. So he would have had." Uh, 800, 900 million, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they would have given it to him up front if that's what he asked for. I'm sure he said Phil got it up front because, you know, they're in a position where they didn't have much leverage. So I, I, I'd i be sitting there going, what the hell? Like, you know, but you know what? As I said earlier, you know, I, I, I always say this about people that gamble. Gamble, I don't want to hear you crying about it because you made the decision – and now you got to live with it. It, it, it. I'd be pissed. No question. Uh, I'd be really happy if I were Brooks Kepka. I mean, think about Kepka. He goes to that tour, wins a ton of money on that tour, gets his upfront money, is still good enough to go back and win a major. I mean, this is a heck of a deal. And Phil Mickelson, same thing. He, he gets all that money and he ends up being the story of the Masters, even though CBS didn't want to talk about him. It's a heck of a year for these two guys.
2: No doubt. And uh, I it- the players are thinking about the money they turned down. I don't know how they make right. them whole, even though the storyline is they're going to make them whole. I, that, that can't be true.
0: Well, and we had Bubba well, Watson make on. them whole? Uh, uh, right. And he was one of the team owners. Well, now he's one of the team owners on PGA Tour. <laughs> when they start that, I was thinking about that, interviewing with yeah, him. And are there's, right. there's, there's definitely some winners in this thing, Dan.
3: Yes, there are. And, you know, I'm interested to see whether Jay Monahan is a winner in this. I mean, I know it's easy to criticize. I know he's easy to crush. Uh, but you got to – I mean, if you just go by the business part of it, not necessarily the emotional, but the Saudis or the emotional with the players, you know, he looked at something that competed and he brought it all together. You know, Larry O'Brien is on the trophy. The Larry O'Brien trophy is the NBA finals. He looked at the ABA back in about 75 or 76 and brought them all together – and frankly, it really helped basketball. Now, basketball is expanded and it's global and all that stuff. But I look—I think Monaghan looks like a fool right now when you look at this st- uh, from the standpoint of being a hypocrite. I think he even looks worse when these guys started invoking 9/11 and the families and yep. and all that stuff. But when you look at somebody's record of what did they do, he—he he saw a challenge. They—I guess you could say they faced the challenge, and he brought it all together. But the way I look at this, or the way I've been told, this is basically live golf, the Saudis, the investment fund, buying golf, period.
2: Can Miami repeat what they've done against Denver? Or was, was game two an Ooh. anomaly?
3: Man, um, I tell you this. Now, if if uh, Mike Malone and his fellas don't figure out how to overload a side of his own They'll get beat again unless Jokic or somebody just makes a zillion shots. You got His own offense is not the easiest thing, but it's not the most difficult. You take the ball, reverse it a little bit, take the ball one way, bring it back, overload the other side, put a guy in the corner, put a guy in the wing, put a guy in the block, and next thing you know, you're going to get a good look. They weren't smart enough to do that, and that's why – Uh, Duncan Robinson was able to play the minutes that he played in the fourth quarter up until the end, which was really a big deal, his 10 points. And then he got another three because he cut, everybody went with him. I tell you this, man, Spolstra is doing a hell of a job. I think, I think that you got a couple guys on the Denver Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr., one of them, Aaron Gordon, the other that rested a little bit, got a, got a game one win and didn't play worth a damn in game two. Those two guys got to play. But I'm telling you, man, if, if they can't figure out how to put somebody in the middle, in the corner, in the wing, in the ba- in the uh, post, on the same side in the zone, that zone's going to be effective. And it's going to shorten the game. Mike Malone said he wants to play fast. Well, you can't take 20, 22 seconds every possession that's that bolstered in Miami are in a zone. So you're going to have to whip it around, get it in the post, get it out to the corner, and make some corner threes. And then the game will open up. I think Denver's the better team. I think Denver will ultimately win the series, but we're going to see because you guys know this. There used to be, until you bought your team, a pecking order, like uh, going way, way, way back. Uh, Boston had to get through Moses Malone. Detroit had to get through Boston. Jordan had to get through Detroit. Even here in our city, the Knicks, uh, the Pacers had to get through the Knicks to just reach the conference finals. We're going to see. We're going to see if the Nuggets are real. They skipped the step. They didn't have to go through Golden State. We're going to see if they're for real these next two games. If they're a legitimate, really good team, I think they win tonight. I don't know if they are, but we're going to find out, I think, tonight.
0: So the big news that's going to come with the NBA after this NBA Finals is over is the decision on John Moran that Adam Silver already said, we're not going to spoil our NBA Finals (laughs) By announcing that now, but we've found out a lot more information in our investigation, and we'll release all of that. It's coming up soon. Uh, I didn't take that as good news for John Morant. What what do you think ultimately happens, Dan, even though some around John Morant are (laughs) claiming the gun was fake in the video? And that should be factored in, that he was playing with a toy gun, apparently, when he flashed it in the video.
3: You know, it would factor in for you or me or anybody else. But when you got all these different things going on, I mean, how do you know? How Who do you believe? I I, I think it's bad for John Moran. I, I do. But ultimately, it might be good. You know, I mean, I I don't know whether Stephen A. Smith knows his ass from third base, but he's talking about people in the NBA are concerned about his mental health. It sure seems like that. So, you know, some guys can handle superstardom at age 19. Think about LeBron or Kobe or these Kareem Abdul-Jabbar going way back. Moses Malone. All these guys had this big hype, you know, and could handle it. You know, Zion Williamson apparently can't. Uh, John Morant, in a different way, apparently can't. I don't think this is... Uh, he, I, well, let me put it this way. I don't know that it's necessarily bad to step away and get your life in order. I, I don't think that's necessarily an awful thing from a basketball perspective. I can't imagine that it's anything less than 30 to what is it? 82 game season, less, less yeah. than 30 to a half a season. You know, I, it just seems like, and here's the other thing I got a brother, uh, or excuse me, a sister that's 25 year prosecutor. And my brother was a defense attorney and a prosecutor. And they both told me, "Look, you never know until you do discovery. You never know until you really start digging in what's real." And when I heard the NBA office say that we have heard, or at least it's been reported, that we have heard more stuff about John Morant, it immediately made me think of my brother and my sister saying that we don't know everything. We don't. We we know what's been reported. But I've always said being reported is like a duck on the top of the water. Yeah, you see that. That's reported. But there's a whole lot of stuff going on underneath the water, and I'm anxious to see how much stuff the commish has. But it's cannot I don't think it can – it seems like it can't be any less than half a season or at least 30 games.
2: Yeah, and, and even with the report that it was a toy gun or something, it doesn't matter. It, it's the optics and in, in the continuation of yeah. issue after issue – and it, it, the, the breakfast club with Claudia Jordan was saying that it's a toy gun. and It doesn't matter it was, they're expecting 30 game suspension, even though Adam Silver no, knows that it was a toy gun in the car. Again, that, that would tell you the NBA's mindset is, is just different than trying to differentiate between what's real and fake uh, in, in regards to John Morant. Now, Dan, thank you, man. Yeah. Uh, always uh, enjoy the chat and uh, enjoy the, uh, the high school. What, what is going on here?
3: Well, every year, I, I, three of my buddies and our wives we get together. One comes in from California. How about this? So my one buddy is coming in. When we were in high school, our high school had never won anything. We get to the state finals in the state of Indiana. Eighteen thousand people in Market Square Arena. Love it. My boy, who's coming? My boy, who's coming in here? We're down one. Play J- Digger Phelps, Gene Katie, Bob <laughs> Knight. Everybody's there uh what's the guy joe b hall everybody every coach in the country we're down one five seconds to go my buddy gets a, a rebound takes it the length of the court shoots fouled two free throws down one no time on the clock state championship he misses them both he's coming in town
0: yeah he's coming in town <laughs> never lived that one down hey, has he Dan, we'll send him in th- this clip
3: That wasn't me. That was a guy (laughs) named Mike Paulson. So he's coming to town with his wife, and when we play golf, every time he misses a putt, I just look at him and go, just like 1980, man. No different 1980. I don't know what to tell you, man. But the the good news is he ended up. He ended up being the CEO of a major company out in California. Has made zillions of dollars, and the best thing ever happened to him. So that's my weekend starting tonight, baby.
2: Love it, man. Enjoy, Enjoy it. it. Yep. Yeah, hopefully Mike does too.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: see you guys. Later. Uh, there's Dan Dockett, catch him on Don't At Me. Hopefully Mike gets all the putts this weekend. With Dan Dockett uh, across the Outkick Network, no doubt. Chad, when we come back every Wednesday, we air our top grievance of the week. Primary complaint next on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, Air location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up at 5.15 Eastern, Scott Stallings, member of the PGA Tour, he will join us from the Canadian Open. He was in the meeting yesterday as a player with Jay Monahan. We'll get his reaction to the merger that was announced yesterday and how he found out and how he's voicing his complaints and concerns. Again, that's coming up at 5.15 Eastern. Right now, though, each and every Wednesday at this time, primary complaint it's time to
3: air our top grievance of the week
2: you can complain
0: all you want
3: my job is so unfulfilling complain. don't run away from your feelings
0: it's time for a hot mic's primary
2: complaint guys my primary complaint this week is the birthday song and dance at restaurants I, I get that many of you watching, listening, you, you enjoy that if it's your birthday, if it's your child, your your wife, girlfriend, whatever it may be. All good. But my complaint is I I would like and I would hope to see us raise the bar on expectation on certain tiers of where you're not expected to have the birthday song and dance at, at the restaurants. Great steakhouses aren't going to do this. I, that's That's a given. I want another tier that also doesn't buy into this instead of always having to be interrupted and expected to join in, which, you know, I'm the party killer. I'm, I'm not joining in on the happy birthday song and dance, and no one really enjoys it either. That's my primary complaint.
0: I, too, do not enjoy that ceremony and that song and dance. My primary complaint this week is something we could probably take a deeper psychological dive into in the future, but I'll keep it short and sweet. My primary complaint, dreams. I don't like them. I don't understand them. If I'm going to have a great night's sleep, it never features me having a dream in that. I'm just dead to the world for eight to nine hours, and I rest peacefully and don't move. Don't toss and turn a lot. That's a great night's sleep to me, and nowhere in that night's sleep does it include me having a dream of any kind. They freak me out a little bit. I don't like them. Don't understand them. I would be okay if I never had another dream in my life, and that's my primary complaint.
1: What a dreamer. It's a terrible take at the end, and Chad, the reason you don't understand dreams, and it's the case for everybody, is because you're free- frontal cortex shuts down while you're sleeping and that's the part of your brain that controls logic and reasoning and you're able to form intelligent thoughts from that and with that not happening that's why you don't understand it Uh, but my primary complaint is similar to yours Chad while I love dreams I don't like people telling me about their dream listen like I just said you don't understand what's actually happening so when you try to say it back it just sounds dumb I'm not wanting to sit through a 10-minute conversation if you try to piece this together and think i'm going to be able to offer some wisdom as wisdom as to why this is the case now the ideas behind dreams i I think fascinating i went into a deep dive after the movie inception which i have still yet to reach so we'll keep working on that but for the time being my primary complaint is people telling me about their dreams
0: i love that davy went to a deep dive on dreams where everyone else just went to a deep dive on what the movie was about and what actually I, happened in the movie after I watching Conception. I rarely Inception.
2: remember dreams. I, I don't either. It's I, very I, rare. I
0: am the same way. I could have one, and I, I know that I had one, but not remember a thing from it yeah. when I wake, wake up, that, up in a fog That's or very yeah. common,
1: and even the dreams you do remember, that's – only like 5%. There's like 95% of dreams that you have that you're like, they can actually scan and tell like, oh, there's actually some neurological activity happening here, but it's not actually going to resonate with your memory later on down the road.
2: Well done, Colin. I I do think it is bizarre though, (laughs) how, when I do remember a dream, it's very vivid and it's about something that was so detailed that I wouldn't remember on a day-to-day conversation. (laughs) You know, the way that the house that I used to live in looked, I can't describe it. The same way my, my
0: brain will work when I'm sleeping. Yeah. It, that, that's like the movie Inception. Well, I the, think uh, Hutton is living out the life of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Inception, I think. With Who the was dreams it that remembers having. being in the womb?
1: Nick Cage. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's an anomaly. Cage when I dream. The, the one thing, my <laughs> most interesting fact lives. about dreams is the fact your subconscious pulls faces from actual memories. So you can't create a face. Every face you see in a dream is someone you've actually seen in person or on TV. Your brain is not capable of creating a new face for your dreams.
2: I like how uh, in order to dabble in Inception, uh,
1: Davey is hooked up to an IV. As and Davy now is a dream I, I expert. Do that. I After mean, he
0: watched Inception one that, that, time. This guy that's a everything big allegory dreams.
1: for drug use, but dude, I would, I would sign up to try that if it was real. It's Davey
2: and you know, the expert, and he's going to be the next Neil deGrasse Tyson of, of <laughs> dreams. Clinical psychologist, Davey Hudson <laughs> on staff. Amazing. <laughs> do, how, do you often remember your dreams?
1: Uh, a good portion of them. Yeah.
2: I'm glad I don't. He's special. <laughs> no, no argument. Hopefully not nightmares. Very coming special. up, we They're discuss Messi playing in the U.S. plus NCAA football and more.